Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Welcome to Valley Point, and thank you for watching today. Before we present another skillful, resourceful, and ingenious conversation Jesus had, I want to give you some updates. Here's update number one. We are now in week six of not meeting in our church home. Six weeks is a long time, and I am missing our corporate gatherings. We are doing our best to provide as normal of a gathering as we can under the circumstances. How much longer will this continue? I don't know. I understand that is not a great answer, but I honestly do not know. I continue to consult with medical professionals, community leaders, school officials, attorneys, and church and nonprofit practitioners. I also regularly check the Pennsylvania and Delaware government websites for updates. So we continue to worship online, and we do that because we love our neighbors and want to be as safe as possible during this pandemic. Church, you've done a great job. I'm so proud of you. That's update number one. Here's update number two. Right now, on our website, we have information for you to run a love day at home. Please check that out and have fun serving those within your home. If you have children, get them involved. There are all kinds of suggestions, very simple things, that probably need to be done in your home. Our serving love days are designed for us to go into our communities with a small team to repair and restore. I love that we have turned this serving love day into going within your own home and serving your family. There are also some practical suggestions there on how you can send gift cards, buy a meal, and so on and so forth for first responders and those on the front lines battling COVID-19. Please, check out the website and have fun, okay? That's the second update. One more update. Easter was a lot of fun last week. Even though we couldn't be together, it was still special. And you watched and invited. We had more views and engagements on Easter than any other Sunday. Thank you for watching, and thank you for inviting others to watch. It's really encouraging how you are responding to this. Again, I am proud of you. Okay, those are my updates. Thank you for being a life-giving church. Let's pray together, and then we'll look to God's word. Father, we come into your presence, thankful for another opportunity to look into your word God's scripture is sustaining us right now, and we thank you for it. Clear our minds now and prepare our hearts for what you want to say to us. We're going to look at another conversation Jesus had with someone. May these words encourage and inspire and challenge us to be looking to you and to be honoring you with our lives. Bless us now, we do pray in Jesus' name, amen. In John's Gospel, chapter 4, we find Jesus having an adroit conversation with a woman, simply known as the woman at the well. You may have noticed that the image for this theme involves a well. That's because of this particular conversation Jesus had as described in John's Gospel. 
wells in the ancient world played a critical role. Obviously, water was found at the well, which is pretty important. Wells also provided somewhat of a gathering place for seeing people, very much like our coffee area. It's a gathering place where we come to get something very important on Sundays, and we talk to people too. This is kind of a well. By the way, I miss meeting you here. I really do. I want to just begin reading in John chapter 4, so we can all see this conversation that Jesus had at a well unfold. As we read, I'll pause and give some comments so that we can get a sense of culture and see the true beauty of this conversation. So get your Bible or device ready. We're going to read quite a bit today. What we find in John chapter 4 is that Jesus is leaving Judea and returning to Galilee. You can see on the map that Judea is located in the southern region of Israel, with Galilee located in the northern region. Between the two is an area called Samaria, where Samaritans lived. Samaritans and Jews, they had issues and shared a hostile relationship. The Jews saw the Samaritans as outsiders who invaded their space and then started intermarrying, somewhat of a half or mixed breed or mixed inhabitants. The Samaritans believed that the Jerusalem temple and priesthood were illegitimate. They despised one another's places of worship and remained hostile toward one another for centuries. They had worship wars and they didn't get along. As if that weren't enough, because the Samaritans developed their own brand of Judaism, the Jews regarded the Samaritans as ignorant, superstitious individuals outside of God's favor. They didn't want to associate with them. This is where we step into John chapter 4 and verse 4. Before we read, though, let me share a big idea with you. Jesus speaks to the problem of guilt. That's what he does. If you have ever battled with guilt, today is your day, because Jesus speaks to that. His answer may not surprise you, but it works. Jesus speaks to the problem of guilt. Let's read in John chapter 4, beginning with verse 4. Here's Jesus at a well having an adroit conversation. Verse 4 says, He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please, give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Well, there are several interesting thinking points here. Thought number one, Jesus had to go through Samaria. That's what verse 4 tells us. Why did he have to do that? 
I think it is simply because there was one person there who needed and would benefit from an adroit conversation with him. There was someone there shackled by guilt. Jesus knew he could help, so he had to go. It would not be unusual for Jews traveling between Galilee and Judea to take the longer six-day journey along the Jordan River Valley rather than taking a shorter, more direct route through Samaria. That's just what they did because of their bitter history. But Jesus isn't doing that. He had to go through Samaria. Thought number two, it's noontime. Now, we can pass over that quickly and assume it's noon, Jesus has been traveling, this is a rest stop, he needs something to drink, and his disciples are looking for lunch. That's what's happening, right? Well, kind of. I think there's more, though. We have to remember this is taking place in a Mediterranean world. It was generally hot at midday, and most people would seek shade and rest at this time. It wouldn't be unusual in this culture for women to come in groups to draw water they would need for the day at a different time than noon, the hottest part of the day, unless there was no alternative. So generally, noon is not the time to go to the well. Yet we find this woman there alone for a reason. She probably wasn't liked by others, and that comes out in the conversation. Thought number three, Jesus broke many cultural conventions, and he does that here by talking to a woman. This can't be overlooked. Jesus knew, and we see it happening over and over and over again in his life. Jesus knew that all people matter. All people have intrinsic value to God the Father. Race doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Social and economic standing doesn't matter. In this culture, Jewish teachers really didn't talk to women at all. And they would have especially avoided Samaritan women. Interestingly enough, some ancient accounts show that even asking water from a woman could be seen as a flirtatious act. Imagine. Well, Jesus throws cultural conventions to the wind here because the woman was a real person in real need. She was. So, he engages. Back to the text. Verse 10. Jesus replied to her, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. 
I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Now, this probably explains why she was at the well doing something that was often done in groups by herself. She was not liked, probably. She tries to divert attention by getting into the differences between the Jews and the Samaritans and where they worship. Again, worship wars. Verse 25. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? And that response from the disciples just affirms social attitudes at this time. Verse 28, the woman then left her water jar beside the well. The woman, she left her water jar beside the well. A significant act here. The water jar was important. She needed that, but it wasn't as important as faith and trust and who she just met, Jesus. The text doesn't say this, but I believe, based on her actions, that through this adroit conversation with Jesus, the woman trusts in Jesus alone. She believed in him. And that's what she does. And here's what happens next in verse 28. She left her water jar beside the well and then ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Could he possibly be the Messiah? This is fascinating because the Samaritan woman was a witness to Jesus. She spoke about what she knew to a group of people who did not know about Jesus, which fits the pattern of New Testament preaching. Come and see. Come and see. That was her invitation. Verse 30. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. And get this. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Now, do you see that word believe? It means to think to be true, to believe, and it implies trust. I want you to remember that word because it comes back. Verse 42, then they said to the woman, now we believe. It's the same word. Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves, now we know. That word know there is another key word in the paragraph. Get this. It has the idea of to possess information about or to understand or to comprehend the meaning of something. So the group is now saying, 
we know, we understand. Back to verse 42. We know, we understand that he is indeed the savior of the world. We know we are intellectually assenting to the truth about Jesus. This is a great story. And what we who follow Jesus love about him, it's his inclusivity for those pushed away by others. It's Jesus' love for someone with a guilty past. Maybe you're watching and you wouldn't say that you have faith in Jesus. Well, I'm glad you're watching. My encouragement would be to listen to his words and watch his actions. Jesus loves, and that love is available to you. It's available to all. Back to the big idea. Jesus speaks of the problem of guilt, and he does that with an invitation to follow him. Okay, let's get to some takeaways. Number one, Jesus sees intrinsic value in you, and he's more concerned with you. He's more concerned with people than customs or traditions. That's the first takeaway. Here's the second one. If you are battling guilt, allow the love of Jesus to free you to leave the past and do the next right thing. The woman at the well had a past, and her past was keeping her disconnected and away from others. With Jesus, though, she made the choice to leave her past and go and do the next right thing. The next right thing for her was to go back to the village and tell everybody, you've got to see this guy. If guilt is biting you, allow Jesus to distract you. That's a positive thing because guilt keeps us stuck. Following Jesus, though, it frees. Following Jesus frees. That's what happened to the woman. She left her water jar completely distracted with Jesus and belief in him. So if guilt is biting, some steps. Time with Jesus prioritize it, okay? And then take an intentional step to share Christ's love through your actions. And then purposely choose not to internally condemn. Henry Cloud, a clinical psychologist, said this, guilt is a state of internal condemnation. It is the punitive nature of our fallen conscience saying, you are bad. The woman at the well probably could have felt that way, but she chose not to internally condemn. I think it would be good for all of us to follow her example. I understand that in talking about guilt, that can bring up many issues, including those who have been wronged or hurt in some way. It brings up feelings of what if, and maybe I should have done this, and guilt invades and takes us to dark places. If guilt is taking you to a dark place, I would encourage you to do this. Seek professional help. In the program and online under Sunday Resources, we have a way for you to seek that kind of help and support if needed. This adroit conversation that Jesus had is one of my favorites. Jesus breaking the rules a bit in order to help and love. And in doing that, he speaks to the problem of guilt with an invitation to follow. Let's follow. Let's do that. Father, we thank you for this time. And we thank you for 
what is recorded in John chapter four for us and for our benefit, a conversation that Jesus had with someone who is hurting, someone who is pushed away by others, someone on the fringes of society, but yet Jesus knew he had to reach out to her. And so he has this skillful conversation where he introduces himself to her as living water and he shares, I am the Messiah and he invites her to trust in him and that's what she does and that began a whole new way of living for her that not just changed her life but changed the lives of many people in her hometown. God, I pray that you would help us to take this conversation And whatever we may be feeling right now, whether it's joy or sorrow or guilt, help us to know that you address that and you do it by inviting us to follow you. So God, no matter how we're feeling, help us to follow Jesus now and help us to do that, not just today, but tomorrow and throughout this week and in the days to come. Help us to pursue doing that next right thing, knowing that will help us to live the kind of life that you want us to live. It will bring joy to us and it will also help us to be bright lights as we live out the story of Jesus. Help us to do that now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.